Good morning, church. Welcome to week two of three of our series called Relationship Goals. Last week, Pastor Michael and Pastor Rach, um, they kicked it off in an awesome way. They talked about singleness. And this week, I get to talk to us about dating. And before anyone leaves and says, this is not for me, I'm married or I'm single, let me just tell you uh, that marriage is not the destination of the dating journey. Uh, when we date, uh, it's just an intentional effort to get to know someone. So I think that we can all use what the Lord wants to share with us today. Before I begin, however, I do want to start by saying this. Um, I am explicitly going to be talking about dating uh, or what dating looks like for us that are believers, those who have put our faith in Christ, okay? Um, and so for those of us that have claimed Jesus as our Lord and Saviors, we know that we've been called out and that we've been set apart. And if you're not a believer, that is absolutely okay. I'm glad that you joined us this morning, uh, but we need to see and we understand that there are some normal practices for our peers in the dating world, but as believers in the Lord, we are more concerned about God's glory than our own happiness. We believe that God is giving us a desire to give him glory in everything that we do, including in the way that we date, uh, which begets the question, how do we date and give God glory? Well, let's talk about it. Uh, dating is an exciting time for any relationship, and it is also a super important time for our relationships. Uh, depending on who you ask, uh, the definition of dating can actually be quite elusive. And even when we study the Word of God, we see that dating is not really a thing. It's not something that is clearly defined in Scripture. There's not a verse on when the perfect time is to tell somebody I love them. There's not a verse on like what the perfect pickup line might be to approach to someone that you have your eye on. And the book of Numbers, believe it or not, uh, does not offer us any tips on how to get one. The reason why, however, is this. Simply put, dating is a social construct. Uh, it's not really defined in scripture, and in fact, it is our culture um, that influences the way that we date in a major way. This is why when we read scripture, the courtship process for Adam and Eve looked a lot different than what it did for Jacob and Rachel. This is why the courtship process looks a lot different for us today than it did for our parents. And one day when my one-year-old daughter grows up and, and is old enough and is starting to date and is interested in romantic relationships, I'm sure it'll look a lot different than what it looks like for us today. But in any case, there are biblical principles and biblical guidelines that we can take away from scripture, um, no matter what season that we're in, uh, but in the way that we date. So let's look at some of those. Romans uh, 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds, that you might prove to do what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul says in Romans, he says, Don't conform, but be transformed. Uh, don't conform to the world. Don't settle for the things of the world, but be transformed. Be stretched towards righteousness and the renewal of our minds. In doing so, God will get glory in the way that we date. So I have a question for us this morning, if you're single or dating or engaged or whatever, and it is this. Are you conforming to the world? Are you settling? Um, are you compromising yourself and your own values? Or are you being transformed? Are you being stretched 
towards righteousness. Are you settling or are you being stretched? Does your pursuit of a relationship involve you compromising yourself, your own morals, your values? Does the pursuit of a relationship get in the way of your own spiritual goals and desires uh, that the Lord has placed on your heart? If yes, unfortunately, you might be settling uh, and you don't wanna settle when it comes to trying to find a lifelong partner. And even further than that, nobody wants to be settled for. Or does your pursuit of a relationship push you towards Jesus? Are you being stretched to make time for him? Are you being stretched to forgive? Are you being stretched to love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul? What seems to dominate our conversations when we're texting the person that we're in relationships with? Um, have I heard this person's testimony? What did their walk with the Lord look like before we even knew each other? Are you settling or are you being stretched? Are you conforming to the world or is your mind being transformed and being made new? It's an important question for us to ask. And it kind of leads me to some tips that I have for all of us um, as we date. And I guess this specifically pertains to romantic relationship, but I believe there are gonna be a couple of things that apply to those of us that are married. We wanna to continue to pursue our spouses in a godly manner. We wanna to continue to be intentional about making time for them and getting to know them. If I'd ever were at a point where we feel like we know all there is to know about our spouse, we are in such a dangerous place. Um, so I do have a couple tips for us this morning. <clears throat> and tip number one, for those of us who are believers, who are Christians, uh, tip number one is this, pursue Jesus. Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Our goal for dating as Christians is to find someone who is Christ-like. Uh, we don't know what Christ-likeness is unless we know Christ. Men, if we are commanded to love just as Christ loved the church, we ought to be devoting our time uh, to be intentional about understanding what the relationship between Christ and the church actually looked like. Also, when we read in scripture, in Proverbs 31, uh, the back half of that chapter, um, it describes a, a noble woman. A noble wife is what it talks about. And there are verses that talk about this lady in the most fondest of way. It talks about a woman that um, brings her husband good and not harm. She has confidence in her husband. She trusts her husband. She watches over the affairs of her household, her children, and her husband consider her blessed. Um, these are all qualities for those of us that are on the hunt. These are all qualities that we want to be looking for in a spouse um, as, as we're in search. The more time that we spend in God's word, the easier it will be to see godly qualities in potential partners. And the easier it will be to notice unqualified candidates. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Uh, it says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what, can fellowship, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? So there's a term in this verse that might not be familiar to all of us, and that term is yoked. It is actually a farming term. What a yoke is, essentially, it's like a neck handcuff for livestock. So as farmers would plow their fields or prepare their fields for a harvest, um, they would put these yokes on livestock so that they could go out and like plow the field. And what this verse is saying, some translations say, do not be unequally yoked. What it's in reference to is uh, the imagery or the idea that you can have 
two different types of livestock uh, that work at different paces that have different goals, like an ox and a horse, chained together, trying to accomplish the same task. Uh, what this verse is saying is it can't happen. Uh, it can't work out. And so that's why Paul uh, reminds us in 2 Corinthians, and we're warned um, to find people that are like-minded in, uh, in our spiritual walk with the Lord. There's a belief out there that some of us have um, this flirt to convert kind of mentality that if they love me or if I love them well enough, they'll eventually their beliefs will start to line up with mine. Uh, unfortunately, it is, it is not true. Uh, you cannot save anybody. We cannot save anybody. It is by Jesus and Jesus himself and his death and his burial and his resurrection in which that we are saved. And so <clears throat> if you are with someone and you're kind of asked these questions that I, I alluded to earlier, like, have I heard their testimony? Um, am I being stretched towards godly things? These are questions you want to ask yourself and, and, uh, if the answers aren't favorable, the chances are you might be unequally yoked. You might be a horse that's chained up with an ox. Uh, point number two, define boundaries. Um, this is something that you want to do. Um, I've met with guys and I've talked with guys that are super confident in their own ability to have like self-control. Um, they welcome some pretty compromising situations because uh, they feel that they might not be tempted. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 8 says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Listen, that is never a place that we want to be in. Uh, that in which we think, I've walked with the Lord too long. Um, there's no way that I could be tempted or stumble into any sort of, of sin. Uh, if you are willing to bet on your self-control, let me just tell you that if, if you don't define your boundaries, then your definition of the boundary will be that which you aren't doing yet or that which you haven't done. If you don't get ahead of the curve uh, and you say, and you seek the Lord and you surround yourself in the counsel of some godly people and you say, hey, there, there are some things as a Christian and as a believer in Christ, there are some places that I'm not willing to go. There are some areas in which I'm not willing to compromise myself. If you don't have that conversation, then very easily it can look like you keep towing the line and pushing the line and pushing the line and pushing the line, and then when you have a talk about boundaries, it just becomes what you haven't done yet, um, and that's not what, it's, what it ought to be. If you consider yourself to be the type of person that can genuinely watch the notebook at 2 o'clock in the morning with someone uh, that you are considering having a lifelong relationship with, um, and you think that you will not be tempted in your heart, in your thoughts, or your actions. Listen, I'll just tell you, if you can sit with someone that you are seriously dating uh, and you're not tempted at all, you probably shouldn't be with them. Uh, you're probably not attracted to them, and you don't want to be with someone that you're not attracted to. Let me tell you that. That's probably a clear sign that that person is not for you, and you should probably terminate the relationship. But I just want to say, you don't have this supernatural self-control over yourself. Um, Supernatural self-control actually comes with you getting ahead of the game before you're even tempted, you sitting down and you saying, hey, what can I do to, to make sure that I'm not putting in myself uh, in a place that is going to compromise my values or the values of the person that I'm dating? <clears throat> Our God is not a God of behavior management. Uh, he doesn't warn us about things so that we can act right. He warns us because he knows that when we, when we mess this thing up, when we mess dating up, it can have severe consequences. 
Uh, Song of Solomon is a book in the Bible that uh, is a series of letters between lovers um, and their desire and their passion and their attraction for each other. Uh, in Song of Solomon, the, the bride-to-be, she talks about how she wishes um, that Solomon would come and embrace her and put his arm behind her back and behind the small of her neck. Uh, and Solomon writes about her beauty and how beautiful she is and how attracted he is to her. He, he writes in Song of Solomon that her beauty far surpasses that of all the other girls. Listen, these two were super passionate, super attracted. They had such strong desire for each other. Um, if cell phones were around when these two were sending these letters back and forth to each other, I could, I'm sure that these would be the emojis that they would use, okay? Uh, little pomegranate and goats and lots of kissy faces. There was so much passion, but so many times throughout the book, despite how strong their attraction for each other was, they knew the danger of awakening love before they were ready. That's the warning throughout all of Song of Solomon. So let us be intentional about defining the boundaries of our relationships as we date. All right, tip number three is having a good idea or a good sense of what our dating goals are. It's hard to hit a target that you do not first identify. Uh, our first overall goal, our ultimate goal, is to give God glory in the way that we date. First uh, Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. <clears throat> Let me just say this. Um, when you're trying to define these goals, this is something that you want to do like on your own. Um, definitely not, not in a pair. Uh, I remember in college, there were so many guys that I was around that could very easily uh, fake the Christian lifestyle um, in order to just like pursue a, a girl. Um, and there were girls that did the same thing as well. This is why it's important that you kind of, you kind of think through these goals on your own. It can be very easy to sit down with someone that you're already dating and say, hey, let's like talk through the goals of our relationship. And there might be a chance that you are with someone that is like a yes person and will repeat anything that you say and say, yeah, that's my goal too. And then later on down the line, you find out that that's not the case. That's why it's important that you, you find godly counsel, maybe do it with a friend that you trust um, and just define what those goals are. I'm not gonna tell you what they are. There are some things that are absolutely clear in scripture. Um, I believe that dating should lead toward marriage, uh, not necessarily with the person that you're dating, but if you're not going to marry the person that you're dating, that's probably a good sign that that's the end of that relationship and you should look elsewhere. <clears throat> I also have friends that say, listen, how can I marry someone uh, that I've never lived with, lived with, or how can I marry someone um, that I haven't had sex with? Uh, in their logic, this makes a lot of sense. Um, but what is actually happening here is a pattern is being established before any sort of commitment is uh, where there are conditions being made to, to love someone. Um, right. So the whole goal of dating for a lot of us is if this thing goes well, we're gonna find someone that's gonna be our, our lifelong partner. Someone that is gonna love us for rich or for poor, for better or for worse. Someone that's gonna love us in sickness and in health. We're gonna find someone that's gonna love us until death does us part. <clears throat> but uh, when we do things and we say things like, 
listen, I can't marry someone that I haven't lived with, or I can't marry someone that I haven't had sex with, or I can't marry someone uh, that doesn't make a certain amount of money. We already are setting up a whole lot of conditions that is gonna make the marriage journey more difficult for us. Uh, listen, marriage is not meant to be a list of conditions. Marriage is meant to be conditionless. There is a difference in dating someone and, and seeing and getting a gauge for your compatibility and making someone or putting someone in a position to whereby they have to prove their worth. Uh, that's, what, that's ultimately what we're doing when we say things like, I can't be with someone that I have not lived with. Um, you're putting that person in a position where they have to prove to you um, that they're worthy of your pursuit. There's a difference between proving, making someone prove their worth and seeing if you are compatible. Scripture clearly shows us and states that uh, we don't have to cohabitate, we don't have to compromise our sexual purity in order to see if two people are compatible. All right, as soon as you realize that you're not heading in the same direction as someone, uh, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and call it. You aren't sparing someone their feelings by dragging it on. You have to call it. Um, and when you end it, end it well. With dignity and respect, sit down in front of them, be completely open and honest, be transparent. Uh, they won't love it in the moment, but they'll respect you for it later. Not ending it just leads to more problems, um, and I could spend more time on that, but we will, we will leave it at that. <clears throat> I did not give a list of do's and don'ts this morning because do's and don'ts, uh, instead of us like professing our affection for the Lord, um, it puts us in a place where we obsess about our actions. That's not where we want to be. Uh, we want to be in a place in our dating where we can glorify the Lord in our pursuit of a person. You might be listening right now and you might be thinking, um, man, of all the tips that you've just gone through, of all the tips that you said, <clears throat> I don't think I'm doing any of those really well. I don't think I've done any of those. I'm in a relationship that is full of ambiguity or I'm not really sure what the goal is. Um, you might be in a relationship where there are a lot of unknowns. Um, but can I encourage you this morning um, first off, let me say, this is just a 20-minute preach, and you might be experiencing something or dealing with something that requires a little bit of back-and-forth dialogue, in which I'd encourage you to reach out to us at info at riversidepeoria.com. Uh, if you have a question, feel free to send it in. Um, if I can answer it, I will answer it to the best of my abilities, but we have a whole pastoral team of people that would love to make sure that people um, are... are pursuing romantic relationships in a way that gives God glory. But you might be listening this morning and you might think, yeah, that's, this isn't me. Uh, I consider myself to be a believer, but I notice that I'm falling short in, in a lot of areas or I haven't set up boundaries or I don't have clearly defined goals. Um, I just want to encourage you uh, that there is grace. Um, Romans chapter 8 explains that for those of us that are in Christ, listen, there's no distance there's nowhere that we can go that is too far away from the love of God. We are securely and firmly planted um, in his love. I also want to encourage you this. Um, do not confuse guilt with conviction. I believe that there might be some of us listening or watching this morning um, that are feeling a, a little bit convicted. It's not guilt. Um, you should welcome that. You should tap into that. 
Um, that is what we talked about earlier. That is, that is the process of us being stretched towards righteousness. The Holy Spirit empowering us to recognize in ourselves um, that we're not enough and there are things that we are doing in the way that we are pursuing relationships that might, be on, that might not be honoring to God. I would invite you to pray into that and I would invite you to also reach out to us because we'd love to pray with you and talk through some of those things with you. Um, but I'm confident that there's grace for you uh, because I've experienced that grace myself. I have also, um, I, listen, I grew up in church. My parents are preachers. Uh, <clears throat> I, I love the Lord. I believe in Jesus. And at 18 years old, um, I found myself pursuing a relationship that I had no business whatsoever pursuing. And the more that I pursued this relationship, the more that I pursued this girl, the more that I began to lose sight of myself. I was so focused and I had such tunnel vision on, on wanting to feel wanted and loved by this girl that I completely neglect, neglected and I stopped seeing that I was wanted and loved by a holy God. That might relate with you this morning. I just wanna tell you that I've been in a place and I, I've been the guy that's shared a text with females that would if you saw them completely embarrass me, would rob me of all of my credibility, you would probably turn your TV screen off. I've been the guy that has snuck out into girls' houses outside of their windows at late hours of, of the morning. Um, again, had no business being there. And, and the whole time I went there, I'm thinking, I love the Lord. I wanna live for Jesus. I love Jesus so much. Um, yet, I did not set goals and boundaries that allowed myself to recognize I was putting myself in a compromising situation. Listen, if you can relate to any of these things, like I said, there is grace for you. Um, uh, you have not lost the battle on sexual purity. Uh, God gives us renewed strength and renewed grace and mercy every single day. And just because you stumbled does not mean that there's no more hope for you. God would love would love for us to just bring it to him and bring it before him um, so that we might be back in relationship with him. I'm even reminded of David and his stumble with uh, Bathsheba. <clears throat> you can see the way that he repented and the Lord gladly, when we read in Psalms, the Lord gladly welcomed him back. Uh, the Lord was so pleased with how he responded um, to his sexual impurity. Hey, I just want to remind you that God's will for your relationship in whatever stage that you're in it is so much better than your own. Um, it is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. Listen, God does not want to deprive you of your joy. In fact, he has designed for your joy. And as believers in Christ, it is so important that uh, we have clearly defined uh, boundaries, we have clearly defined goals, and that we pursue Jesus in our relationships. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm gonna pray for us, but again, I just wanna extend out to you guys. Um, if you're being convicted right now, please feel free to reach out to us. This is, this is something that we cannot do well without the absence of community. And obviously, because of the season that we're in, community looks a little bit different. Uh, but if you reach out to us, I promise you, we'll reach right back out to you uh, and wanna walk alongside you as you try to give God glory in your relationship. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for every single person watching, God. 
I thank you, Lord, that you have not left us without a plan for our relationships, Lord. You have not left us without vision and inspiration for our marriages. Lord, you have not left us alone even in our singleness. God, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, um, that you would continue to reveal to us um, what godly dating looks like in whatever time period, in whatever culture that it is that we're in. God, I thank you for you being love to us. Um, because you are love, Lord, we have a shot, Lord, uh, to reflect you and mirror your image to us, Lord, to the people that we pursue relationships with. So in your precious name, I pray, amen. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week.